God is good, isn't he? And we sing because we're happy. We sing because we're free and focus that freedom. And I'm just going to move this. Focus that freedom, of course, in that song is on the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ as our Savior. But of course, he provides a freedom that just fills our lives and, um, yeah, is uh, pretty amazing just before we begin, just to, to share something that's happening down about an hour, a little over an hour south of here. You've all heard of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, just over the mountain, right, basically. A lot of stuff's just over the mountain, right? Is that, but there's a lot of stuff up here too, right? A lot of good stuff. Um, down in Lancaster, Lancaster's be, been becoming known as a very welcoming place for refugees. And uh, two summers ago, our workers had to be evacuated out of the country, along with a lot of other workers and people, pastors, believers, other people evacuated out of the country of Afghanistan. We have several workers now that are in Lancaster uh, working with between four and 500. Well, there's, that's how many are now here uh, Afghan refugees, uh, just about a little over an hour away. And I had a chance, a couple chances to visit and see the work and, and uh, went in one of the classes of ladies that were learning English and um, smiles on their faces. And it was quite a privilege that uh, the teacher, one of our workers, uh, asked the ladies to share uh, what is something that they really like about being an American. Now, you got to remember, these folks uh, were rescued um, and got out and fled their country and um, with no, no preparations, can't take their worldly goods or anything like that, came, lived on an army base for six months, and then moved to Lancaster, wherever they've been moved, everything brand new. And uh, some of the ladies uh, haven't been taught even their own language. Some of them not even, didn't even know how to hold a pencil uh, in their hands. But um, teacher asked, go around, share, what do you like about America? Several of the ladies, they went around, freedom, freedom. We sing because we're happy. We sing because we're free. His eye is on Sparrow, and I know he watches me all the time. In the early church in Acts, and this morning as we study Acts, and I'm jumping ahead a little, we're going to see how he's the same God that was working in the same church and churches in Acts with the same type of people, and he's doing that same work today, and he's continuing the work. And that, it's all about his building his church until he completes it. And you know, that's the privilege that I have of working with team and, and working with the GMC, the Global Ministries Community of the EC Church. Um, and that's uh, how I've gotten to know Ted. It's, uh, Ted invited me to, to join the team, even though I go to an evangelical free church. Um, I have the privilege of serving with uh, so many of your other folks there on, uh, not from this church, but other EC churches to help see God's church built all over the world. And I've gotten to know your pastor and uh, he's becoming a, a really good friend. 
and um, I really enjoy um, his leadership of our team. And God is doing great things in the EC Church, EC Church globally, and with the passion to even see more workers be sent out from your churches. And that's part of my role with the ministry uh, team, and I'll advance these slides a little, our title, Model Missions Church. Uh, by the way, you can turn there to uh, Acts 11 in your Bibles or open them up on your phones or iPads. And then I put your finger there, and I apologize I didn't put the words on the screen, uh, the, the text on the screen, but then turn to uh, Acts 28, verse 28. But real quick, before I read those passages, uh, team, the ministry I work with, it, it stands for, team stands for the Evangelical Alliance Mission. It's been around over 130 some years, helping churches from a lot of denominations send workers all over the world. Uh, we're in 50 some countries, uh, 600 or so workers, and that's long-term, uh, we do short-term also. But uh, seeing um, the body of Christ uh, be mobilized to do the, the work of uh, the Great Commission. And so our mission statement is, team's mission is to partner with the global church in sending disciples who make disciples and establish missional churches to the glory of God. And so I'm in a lot of churches and uh, work with denominations like the EC Church just to, to resource, help, train However, uh, we can help out uh, in the role of missions. If you want to learn more about team, you can do two things. You can pick up one of these. If you like handheld, you can learn how we work, where we work, who we work with, uh, where we go. Or you can just go to team.org, and there's all kinds of information there uh, you can learn about. And, and learn more even about what God is doing. But the global church... And the universal church, the church in this world, actually, you know, began, didn't it, in the book of Acts. But how did it get launched and expand and grow and move and cover the entire earth? Well, that's part of the story of the book of Acts. Uh, and that story continues to be written. Doesn't it? Acts kind of ends with Paul. Uh, if you go look in your Bibles at uh, chapter 28 uh, and uh, look at verse 30 and 31 first, it says, Paul lived there uh, two whole years in his own rented quarters and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with complete boldness and without restriction. And then what? It doesn't say. Where did Paul go from there? Did he get out of prison? Did he go to Spain? Did he go somewhere else? We don't know. What we do know is the story of the church or the history of the church, the body of Christ, is still being written. So in a sense, Acts is continuing. And so this morning, we're going to take a look back to the launching pad church, as I like to call it, the church of Antioch, chapters 11 and 13. And then we're going to look ahead at churches like the church that's in Afghanistan, but is also now here because of uh, all that is happening around our world where God seems to be and is moving the world all around and people 
from different places to different places. So we see him building his church. These are significant and challenging days. Would you agree with me? Think about that. Challenging, we see challenges. We see things that we're wondering, what is going on with that? Uh, we see some real hardships. We see things going in directions where we just don't think they ought to go. But at the same time, with this, we see incredible, significant opportunity. Yes, there is opposition. Satan is battling against God. At the same time, there is incredible opportunity. And we've seen that in the book of Acts. And I want to read again now in Acts uh, chapter uh, 11. Verses 19 through 26, the founding or the beginning of the church at Antioch. And notice this church started in a fascinating way. Remember in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said to his, Jesus said to his disciples before he went up in the cloud into heaven, he said, wait here, the power of the Holy Spirit will come, up, come upon me and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost, the ends of the earth. Now, how those disciples, how did they do with that? Well, up until chapter 11, they've done real well with Jerusalem. You read the beginning chapters. Peter preached, 3,000 were added in the day. Chapter 2, there were, uh, the church was meeting together, breaking bread, studying the word, sharing what they had in common. They were ministering to each other. The church was vibrant, alive, dynamic in Jerusalem. How did it get 300 miles north to Antioch? How did it get to what we call Turkey today, Asia Minor, and then to Europe? How did it get over to the east, to India and other places? Well, we start to see that unfold in chapter 11 is a key chapter. Follow with me as I read. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, a bunch of people, some people, we don't know who they are, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. First here, not in Jerusalem, in Antioch, church, Jesus' church, things are happening. Things are happening back in Acts. Things are happening today. 
all over the world. Brazil, familiar with that country? Large country, largest in, in South America. For many years, workers, missionaries have been sent to do what? Share the good news of Jesus Christ so that the church could be established. That was the what? Not Jerusalem, not the Judea, not Samaria. That was the uttermost part of the earth for some of the workers from U.S. and Canada to go all the way down to Brazil. But it's been planted and it's growing. And we've done that for many years. Right now, do you know team, the, the agency I work with, is not sending church planters, people, missionaries to go and plant churches. Do you know why? Church in Brazil is planted. It's not perfect. Just like here, it's growing. Church in Brazil is sending their own workers from their country to the Middle East to Asia. And they're saying to us, you don't have to send church planners. Send us trainers. Send us teachers. Send us those that can show us. How did you do it when you sent your people to Brazil? How do we best send? Isn't that amazing? Did you know that that's happening? You don't hear that on the regular news, do you? Uh, you don't, that's not real good, but th this is happening. This is the news that God wants us to know that his church from Acts is continuing to be built by the power of his spirit, taking the good news of the gospel around the world and then training up these believers in the truth of the word of God. It's exciting. It is exciting. And just like in Brazil, same thing back in Antioch, it was just some people. Like it says here in verse 21, some people that were scattered, they didn't, because of persecution. It wasn't their choice. First of all, they didn't choose to be persecuted. And second, they didn't choose to flee because they were persecuted. It, had, it happened, but God had a plan. God had a plan, and God was in control, and God was leading, and God was guiding. And so it says, unnamed men and, and women. Notice it wasn't John. It wasn't Peter wasn't even Paul at this point. So in our text, Paul is still being called Saul and he's somewhere over in Tarsus uh, learning more about Jesus. Just some guys who would start literally one of the greatest churches in the history of Christianity, a model missionary church, a model missionary church that became a launch pad, a launch pad for the body of Christ going out into the whole world and countless, the number of churches today that, can trace their history, including Grace Church here in Schuylkill Haven, back to Antioch because of how the church was launched from there to go into all the world. There are launch pad churches throughout history. We've seen them from Europe, haven't we? We saw uh, missions movement grow strong in Europe. Men like William Carey, uh, who is known as the, the first modern missionary, if we could put it that way, went, went from uh, England. And Hudson Taylor, who went to China. And then workers were sent here. Church grew here. And, of course, churches have sent workers from the U.S. and Canada, from North America. But they're launch pad churches 
in other places in the world, like Brazil, we now have on our staff a Guatemalan man who is a missions mobilizer for Latin America, for Central and South America, helping churches send their Hispanic workers into all the world. It's exciting. They're going to places where it's even more difficult for us to get into. But we've seen the movement from Asia. A country like South Korea has sent thousands of missionaries from South Korea um, back before it was divided into two, two parts, South and North Korea. There was a lot of church planning being done. Schools being built, hospitals, colleges and seminaries. Um, now in South Korea, they've been sending. And again, just like Brazil, we work together with them to, to help send workers. So it's, it's God's work of taking his people, moving them around the world. And so I've already begun on this point. Let's celebrate ordinary, ordinary people. Ordinary churches, but remember, it's an extraordinary God. And so ordinary people in God's hand do extraordinary things. Ordinary churches filled with ordinary people, God accomplishes extraordinary things for his glory. We see that in Antioch. We see this happening around the world. Note, it wasn't professionals that went to Antioch. It wasn't those that were sent out from Jerusalem who had been trained by the apostles, who had been trained by Jesus. Now, these were ones from Cyprus and Cyrene. North Africa, Cyprus is an island in the Mediterranean. Uh, Cyrene is, uh, back then, today is modern-day Libya, country that needs workers in North Afri Africa uh, to, to be received there. And so... Um, one of the missionaries back in the last century, Jim Elliott, you may have heard of him. He and four other men went to the Alk Indians. He said this, missionaries are very human folks, just doing what they are asked. Simply a bunch of nobodies trying to exalt somebody. Look around you. Jim Elliott could have been sitting right here amongst us. And nobody would have necessarily said, oh, Jim Elliot. Now he's just ordinary like us, but he did what he was asked. And they went to a very dangerous place, place where they hadn't known an outsider, let alone somebody with white skin. Totally unknown to them. But he went and they went. In just a moment, we'll highlight how God used them. But look around us and realize, God, that's why God's brought us together. See, with a bunch of ordinaries, God does the extraordinary. So rejoice and be glad to see the grace of God as it was put here. And as we'll see even more as we go, that this is what God is doing at Grace Church in Schuylkill Haven. Second, though, the second exhortation, I'm going to have seven of them. And uh, seven sounds like a lot, but we'll move quickly through some of them. Second is, let's embrace hardship as a God-ordained means for accomplishing the Great Commission. Notice they say, as a means. Not the only means, but it is a means. 
And he does use it. You look through the history of the church and even the Old Testament, God working with his people. It was never easy. It's never going to be easy. There's a lot of reasons for that. Of course, Satan's fighting against God and his church. Of course, look at the material God has to work with. And again, it's not our ability. It's our availability. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to be challenging at times. And that's what we see. We see the persecution here. Um, we see that it was started because of persecution. Antioch may never have been started. They, they might still be sitting in Jerusalem at Acts 11. But God scattered these folks and the church was started in a dynamic way. Church in Antioch wouldn't have been started if Stephen hadn't been killed. For all we know, they'd all still, again, be in Jerusalem. How about the church in China? Back in the middle of the last century, there were a lot of workers ready to go to share the gospel in that huge nation of millions of people. China and India, the two largest countries in the world, population-wise. They were ready to go, including my, my in-laws. My wife almost ended up, could have been born in China. But what happened right around 1950, boom, the curtain came down. The door was closed. China, under their leadership, committed to communism. How was the church going to be built? Well, guess what? Years later, we find out that there were a lot of some people Somebody's Chinese believers who heard the gospel and the church grew and it grew and it grew and it became a huge church of millions of believers in Jesus Christ. And now for many years, we've had opportunity to send workers to go and help train and build that church. Pray for the church in China because they're facing some of the same things today with uh, the political leaders that they have. Let's be thankful for the freedom we have and use that as an opportunity to love and pray for our, our fellow believers that don't have all that we have when it comes um, uh, to freedom. But it doesn't mean the church won't grow because God uses harder, hardship. In Acts chapter 11, martyrdom led to multiplication. Martyrdom led to multiplication. You know, in Acts, the Acts, end of Acts 7, it seemed like such tragedy. Stephen, read his message. What a preacher. If only a preacher like Stephen could have lived longer, right? Instead, as he's dying, he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. His hands, were, his life was in God's hands. And then we find a, a young guy named Paul, you know, and he's joining in chapter 8. Um, the, um, the whole scene of, of, of killing Stephen. It's like, God, what are you doing? How is your church going to grow? Well, you know the rest of the story because you've been studying Acts. And we see here then throughout history that there were believers who went all over the world. And uh, we hear of many who gave their lives, like Jim Elliott and his four friends who gave their lives. But you know what? His wife, Elizabeth Elliot, and Rachel Saint and others continued the work. And there's a church there. But not only a church, do you know that hundreds, if not thousands, of young people 
responded to the death of those five men and said, I'll take their place. I'll go. And many workers were sent all over the world because they died. God used it. God is using hardship. My wife and I, during COVID especially, um, we talked frequently about how it just seems like maybe we're just a little bit too comfortable. You know, having freedom and, and having all the resources and the finances in a wonderful country that we have um, doesn't mean we should be comfortable or, how should I say it, taking that for granted as if that's how we're supposed to live. Like we're supposed to have all these things that it's just granted that it'll always be fairly easy to live. Well, maybe, just maybe, God wants us to get out of our comfort zone, embrace the challenges and say, God, how are you using them? And how can you use me and use us, use Grace Church? After all, how did we come to Christ? How did we come together to be a part of his body? How did it all start? What was necessary? What was necessary was God had to send his only son to this earth and do what? Suffer and be persecuted and spit on and derided and finally die a criminal's death on an ugly, despised cross, dead and buried. That's how we receive salvation. He rose from the grave in victory and then said to his disciples, I will build my church and nothing, the gates of hell will not stand against it. And then in John 17, he says, now you are the ones that are gonna continue the work. Church is gonna grow through you going and being my disciples, being my representatives, sharing this good news so that others can know me and grow in me. And then they can do the same thing. It's a continual reproduction. The body of Christ coming to know and then grow and then go. And the church is built all over this world. Paul rejoiced in his sufferings. You remember, Paul said it in Philippians 1, it's been granted or given to us to not just believe, but to suffer for his name's sake, for the name of Jesus. Do you know that suffering is a gift? So it's not, why? Why am I facing this? It should be, God, what are you doing? How do you want to use me? How do you want to use us? Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, New Testament says we'll suffer persecution. Jesus says, I am sending you out as sheep amongst two wolves. Oh, can't we just stay inside the fence? We, you, mean, you mean we got to go out where the wolves are in the woods, in the dark? Alone? No, not alone. When he gave his great commission, he said what? Lo, I'm with you always, even the end of the earth. So you've been seeing in Acts, the power of the Spirit, person of Jesus Christ in the power of the Spirit, in his body, growing it and going with it. We're never alone. 
He is with us. So do we embrace it. Think about it this way. Jesus suffered to accomplish salvation. Propitiation, we call it. To make us right is what that means with him. To bring us into relationship so we could know him and walk with him. But we suffer not to accomplish it, but to spread it now. To spread the good news. Proclamation. Let's be committed to that. Let's use our prosperity. Let's use uh, all the wonderful resources that we have here in this country for his glory, for this work. I want to quote, uh, before we move on to the, the next exhortation, David Platt. Some of you may have heard of him. He's pastor down in Virginia, but he's written some great missions books. Great missions preacher. And he says this about the Antioch church in Acts 11 here. He says, Satan's plan in Acts 7 and 8 to stop the church only causes to expand the church. Satan strikes down God's choice of servant. Ha, I'm winning now. Next verse, everyone scatters. Doing what? Crying, wiping, uh, drying their wounds or uh, healing their wounds? No, they go preaching the gospel everywhere they go. Take that, Satan. Even better, Luke tells us that Saul was there approving of the execution. Saul leads out in the stoning of Stephen, scattering of believers that leads to the founding of the church that sends out the Apostle Paul on global mission. Did you catch that? You can't write a script any better than this. Saul inadvertently starts the church that ultimately sends him out in Acts chapter 13. Our God knows what he's doing. Don't ever, don't ever doubt that. No matter what you see, no matter what you hear, no matter what other voices want to tell you, God's at work and nothing's stopping him. And he's doing exceedingly abundant beyond all that we could ask or think. Amazing things. Get ready. Get ready. Don't be asleep. As uh, Keith Green sang, uh, he had a song way back, I think it was 70s, long time ago. Some of us were around then, right? Uh, asleep in the light. Don't be asleep in the light. Light is bright. Let it shine. And so third, Let's build relationships with our neighbors and proclaim the gospel boldly. Simply these, these somebodies, verse 20, did what? They showed up in this, this dangerous cosmopolitan city. And it was, a, it was a rough city. It was an immoral city. It was a large city. They just showed up. And what did they do? These men, from, uh, some from Cyprus and Cyrene, among whom they came to Antioch, began to speak to the Greeks too. You know what that word speaks is? Speaks. That's what I mean. They talked to them. They had a conversation. They asked them how they were doing. They may have went to their house. They may have, they made friends with them. They built a relationship. There's nothing any deeper than that. But isn't that at the core of us as a church? Being the church, building relationships with our neighbors and those that need a Christian friend. 
Do you know there are places in this world today that even if they wanted to hear about Jesus, even if they wanted to believe in Jesus, there's no one there to tell them about Jesus. They don't have a Christian in the house next to them that can invite them over for dinner and say, hey, can I share why COVID doesn't really change my life? Why downturn in the economy doesn't change my life? Why, while we question what in the world is going on, doesn't change. I've got a rock solid hope and joy and peace that even is stronger because through the difficulties, the grace of God shines through. But you notice they didn't stop there. It says they also proclaimed uh, the good news of the Lord Jesus. That's that word evangelize, that we get our word evangelize. It means just share the good news. So they talked to him, everyday conversation. Then they said, here's what, here's what changed my life. Here's what will change your life. And they gospelized. So it's, it really is just us being friends. Us taking, someone shared the good news with us and we share it with them. One beggar showing another beggar where to get bread, as one person has said. Let's see, forth, let's see and celebrate the grace of God and be glad. Let's see the grace of God. Grace Church. You guys, you have the best name for church in my mind. In my mind, you know, there's freedom. God didn't tell us what you need to name your church. So everybody, churches, and some have come up with some really creative names, different names. But I like Grace Church, Grace Fellowship, Grace Body, whatever you, Grace. Don't ever forget. Look at each other. You are all God's grace. God has poured his grace into you so that you can show that grace to each other. And I saw that in the first service and I got to talk. I, it's been great. And I hope to get to know more of you after this service. Uh, but the grace of God, look around and see it. Notice uh, the, the church in Jerusalem was wondering like, where did this church come from? We didn't send anybody there. The news, they heard, hey, Grace of God in Antioch. Wait, Antioch? Are you kidding me? That city, we wouldn't, you know, we're not. Jerusalem, you know, it's, you know, the home of Judaism and our history in the Old Testament. Antioch? Barnabas, you better go find out what is going on up there. So he gets there. What? And, and what does he say? Uh, look in verse um, uh, 22. Report about them came to the attention of the church in Jerusalem. They sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. He was ecstatic. He immediately was like, God, 
There's your grace. This is wonderful. And what does he tell them? Oh, you got to make a pilgrimage down to Jerusalem. You got to meet and do this many Bible studies with the, the apostles. And you can get a certificate after so many. No. He said, keep doing what you're doing. Keep loving Jesus and learning his word. In fact, he said, guess what? I will be, and before we move over to the next point, I, I need to do this. I, we need to look at the picture. Let's get a picture uh, of Acts um, back in chapter 8 that we're connected to because of the, the beginning of the church. What was it? It was bloody and scattered. I mean, Stephen's dead. His blood was spilled on the ground. Church is bloodied and scattered all over. Acts 11, it's gone, right? Because of the work of Paul. I mean, Saul, you know, he was persecuting the church, imprisoning uh, the body. So they're gone, right? Wrong. It's a body full of grace and it's growing. And then in chapter 13, I haven't read it yet. Chapter 13, it's launching and expanding. Now there were prophets and teachers in the church at Antioch, Barnabas, Simeon, uh, call, uh, called Niger, Lucius the Cyrenian, Manian, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch from childhood, and who? And Saul. These five leaders, they're teaching and training. While they were serving there, the Lord... Um, serving the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them to do. You've been looking at that work the last several weeks of these missionary journeys. In verse 3, then after they had fasted and prayed and placed their hands on them, they sent them off. They launched them. They sent them to uh, places uh, that were going to be interesting. Lystra, Paul would be stoned. And they thought he was dead. And then he got up, walked back into the city, started preaching again. Went to other places. They launched the church. And so let's, let's celebrate and rejoice and be glad in the grace of God and the body of Christ. Number five, let's self, selflessly encourage and pour our, ourselves out into other uh, disciples, into our fellow disciples. That's exactly what Barnabas, did you notice Barnabas didn't go home? He said to him, hey, you're doing great. Keep it up. See you later. No, he stayed for a whole year. He must have been single with no kids, right? Um, I mean, that's the guess. Text doesn't tell us. So we won't make any, um, you know, strong um, proclamations there. But he just, he stayed. He said, I want to be a part of this. I want to study the word with you. I want to break bread together. I want to grow. But he said, but I'm going to need some help. So he goes to Tarsus to find Saul, Tarsus. And he goes and he brings him back. And together they serve the church. He dropped everything. He dropped everything for this church. Isn't that amazing? And he worked together with another leader. They worked well together. It wasn't about Barnabas. He didn't become the pastor of the church. He was just one of these five leaders. And then they were sent out. Sixth, let's all be like Christ. Isn't that what it comes back to? Jesus said, you're my representatives. You're my ambassadors. You grow in me. You represent me. And then others, like these people in Antioch or these people in Schuylkill Haven, are going to look and say... Christians. 
Do you know Christians didn't make up the name Christians? Unbelievers said, what is it? Christ, Jesus, Christers, uh, men of Christ. It's not easy to translate, but it comes out in English. Let's just say Christians. It was those in the community, it was those around them that identified that they were obsessed with Jesus. Everything was about Jesus. So it's all about our life and our lip, isn't it? Not either or, it's both and, it's gospel actions. It's our life. We serve, we love, we give, we sacrifice, we make a meal. Uh, we help our neighbor. We drive somebody uh, to the doctor. Whatever. Gospel actions. We give of our time, our energy, our abilities, our resources. But it's also about our lip. It's all about what we say. We share gospel words. We share that Jesus loves them. So where did this church start? Well, it started in Antioch. There was a church in Jerusalem, but... The church that launched and expanded and sent out was church at Antioch. And as we close our, uh, the message this morning, it's important to know that there are launch pads today of churches. We've already highlighted some, Brazil, South Korea, and other places. Did you know that um, church, there's a church the God's church in the country of Mongolia. Mongolia. When was the last time you heard about Mongolia? Do you know what the church there wants to do? They want to go to China. To Russia. To the part of Korea that's north of the south. If I can put it that way. Wow. Just like Antioch. Bunch of blue. We don't know, you know, a whole, a whole lot about, you know, missionaries uh, or who they are, their names. But there are a whole bunch of ordinary Mongolians that are being sent out. And so let's all be involved. Let's all be senders. Let's all scatter in our community. But let's help the work of the gospel through our missionaries the Yahweh's in, in uh, Japan and others that you support. Let's pray for them. Let's give to them. Let's uh, send them notes of encouragement. Let's us scatter out and spread the gospel for the fame of God's name, name of Jesus Christ. So if I could summarize, put a couple of points here just to summarize um, this morning what Antioch, if somebody from Antioch was here, I think they would say some things like this for us today. They'd say, we're thrilled that we are ordinary and God is extraordinary. We just can't get over that. God would use us. Second, we embrace being out of our comfort zone so that others can know the comfort of Christ. God, whatever, what it, whatever it takes, that's a little hard to say, but we want our family members who don't know Christ. What will it take? We don't know. For some of them, we've maybe been praying for for years. But whatever it takes, we're willing. We embrace others and getting to know those who are desperate for a relationship with a Christian. They might not know that. 
but they are because they're hopeless. They need someone who can share with them. We're so glad we're saved. We're a part of others becoming glad. What's the thing that makes you the, the happiest? It should be when you see someone who you've prayed for come to know Jesus. We can't wait to use our gifts, our resources to build into each other so that we have not only an individual testimony, but also a Grace Church corporate one. That we are a body that reflects Jesus. We look forward to becoming more like Christ each and every single day. I want to close before we sing um, our uh, song to, to worship. Um, there's a part of, of India that you probably never heard of. In fact, has anybody ever heard of Nagaland? First service, nobody had. Anybody heard of Nagaland? It's actually not far from where the EC Church is in the northeast corner of, of uh, India, where actually there's a lot happening. The, the EC Church is dynamic there. They are doing a great job, and they're planning other churches. But if you go around that, around kind of Bangladesh, countries Myanmar, Bangladesh, Bhutan, Nepal, there's this state of India called Nagaland. And do you know that 70 to 100 years ago, do you know what they were known for? They were a bunch of headhunters. So they were. They kind of tucked out in the middle of nowhere. Headhunters. Do you know today, today 85 to 90% of Nagaland are born again, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving believers who are called Christians in Nagaland. And not only do they love Jesus, not only are they gathering like Grace Church here, they are getting trained, hundreds of them, to be sent out to these other countries around them. Countries that, that uh, aren't welcoming to the message of the gospel and the good news of Christ. But they are being trained and they're going. They don't need a visa to go to some of these countries that we'd have to pay hundreds of dollars just to get in. And then when we get in, uh, we wouldn't be accepted too well. God is building his church. It's exciting to be a part of it. One more thing. And we, you and I, Grace Church, can't get over the fact that God has involved us in the greatest mission in the history of mankind. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are truly amazed at who you are, how great you are, how wonderful, how sovereign, how all-powerful. God, nothing can thwart your work. We just ask, Lord, you would use us in greater ways, Lord, that you would burden our hearts for the needs of our neighbors and in this world, we'd say, yes, Jesus, here I am. Use me, send me. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.